a choice right now, right now, between fear and love. It's just a rock. Out of the dark night of ignorance and into the shining light of truth. Expounding reality. A population of citizens capable of critical thinking. We don't see things as they are, we see them as we are. There's a, a level of reality where everything dissolves into an ocean of energy. We empower our experience by insisting on our authenticity. That's very profound. Very good. Expanding reality. <laughs> Welcome to Expanding Reality. I am your host, Brandon Thomas. On this one, guys, we got to sit down with Catalina of Catalina's Classroom. Now, uh, she is an herbalist. We talk about all kinds of crazy cool stuff. She talks about the most disgusting things that come out of our body in a way that's fascinating, informative, tasteful, funny. Uh, she's just got away with it all, guys. Um, so. Uh, she informs us on some amazing stuff like marshmallow root and the difference between cooling and heating herbs and then we get into some spiritual components and she's just one of the most delightful young ladies ever. Uh, so check this episode out guys. Linked down there also is our website. Uh, there you can find Rockfin and YouTube and all the videos and merchandise and socials and all that kind of stuff. So go check that out also. Uh, so without any further ado, let's get to this amazing conversation. Y'all are just going to absolutely love her. Okay, so uh, welcome to Catalina's Classroom. All right, ladies and gentlemen, an extremely special episode. We have Catalina of <laughs> Catalina's Classroom here. I am super excited to speak with you. Uh, this is a wife told me about you kind of thing, and um, I then reached out, and we have been having a blast here, and I was like, dude, we've got to hit record. We've got to go. So um, if you don't mind, uh, for my audience that doesn't know anything about you, let us know who you are. <laughs> I'm Kat, Catalina from Catalina's Classroom, and I'm a holistic acne herbalist. So my whole mission right now is to help women transform their skin from within using holistic methods like herbalism, as well as nutrition and lifestyle. So they don't have to go down the pharmaceutical route because I did from the time I was 10 until the time I was 19 and it did not work out for me. So that's been my life's purpose. And well, it's it's amazing because this is something that we've been talking about lately. Uh, Dr. Ian Rubenstein and I got into kind of a conversation about similar stuff. And so I wanted to get a little bit more information on this so that I get the best for my audience. I always promise them that. And that's why you're sitting here. So uh, one of the things that I saw on your Instagram, uh, Catalina's Classroom, which will be linked, of, of course, down in the show notes down there, guys, uh, was a video that you had talking about these different spots on your face. Do you mind? Do you know which one I'm talking about? Yeah, I know exactly the one you're talking about. Okay, do you mind telling everybody that? Because that was amazing. Oh, thanks. Yeah, so a lot of people don't know, but you can use your, your whole body is really a map, but your face can tell you a lot of signs, um, what internally is off. So when we talk about acne, the forehead is usually digestive or intestinal issues. So you want to look at whether or not you're pooping enough, constipation is an issue here, and even things like parasite growth or candida overgrowth. Whereas when we get down over here on the cheek area, this is a little bit more nuanced. So if the person that I'm seeing or the client that I'm talking to has a history of hormonal imbalances, it's usually something like PCOS is the root cause. But if they're also a smoker or they drink, that can also come up here as well. Um, the jawline is very consistent as well as the chin. And this is always, almost always period PCOS and menstruation. And then on your temples in Chinese medicine and Ayurveda, your temples are your liver and gallbladder. So people who have acne here, blackheads, super oily, that's going to lead back to some type of either over or underproduction of bile. See, this kind of this kind of thing is fascinating to me. I mean, the fact that people know this and like the, the maps of the feet and how there's different pressure points. Uh, and there was something interesting about your earlobe where you go around and there's different points on that as well that they figure that... Like, how the hell do they figure this stuff out? It's almost like the like um, the Peruvians down there in, in South America figuring out ayahuasca. It's almost like somebody probably told them about this. You know, it's a concoction to where it was knowledge that was granted, you know, kind of thing. Do you, do you think there's anything to that? 
Oh, yeah, for sure. I think all of this is ancestral and ancient. And I can't speak to how they got there with the face and feet. But something interesting I can share with you is that I learned through an acupuncturist who got to go through the whole college experience is that in traditional Chinese medicine, they would purposely break monkeys. I think monkeys or apes. Um limbs their bones and then set them free in the forest and they would follow them to see what plants they would reach to after they were hurt so then they would yeah they would take notes (laughs) and be like okay so this is an anti-spasmodic um this would be a pain pain reliever and and a gel sick so yeah it's super it's super cool how they gathered information back then uh you know this this is a horrible thing, but I'm going to say it anyway. This may be why we have AIDS is because they were trying to figure out all things. You know what I'm saying? Like you yeah. would give, right? I mean, maybe, you know, maybe it's something like that. It's a horribly lewd thing, but it, there might be something to that. Okay, moving on. Uh, this, I didn't expect th- that, but it was good. <laughs> okay, you know what I'm saying? Because if they're trying to figure out STDs, they're like, well, I don't mm-hmm. We need medicine for it. So let's, we need a subject, right? Uh, yeah, that's a good, that's a good way. Yeah. It's a ridiculous way, but we'll take it. Uh, <laughs> So animal testing has been going on for a long time, you know, and I've heard something about Dave Chappelle saying something about how to find water in the bush and the aboriginals will take a a baboon and um, like get him in a cage or something like that, lure him in with salt and he eats a ton of salt and then they let him free and he'll he'll lead you to water because he's thirsty, you know, kind of thing. So it's, it's stuff like that that I find so interesting. It's that it's being that dialed into nature that is so fascinating to me. And that's, uh, I think, a lot of, and like I said, on that Dr. Ian Rubenstein thing, it was just a conversation, but I was going to bat for this idea predominantly. If I had to pick a side, that's obviously the one I took. But I, only because I find it so beneficial, I find it so much less invasive, and I find the lizard people that are running pharmaceutical companies are the problem with much of all of what is happening, because they run the politicians, which it's just politics anyway, and we should all know that by now. But also... They're physically harming people and keeping them as customers because that's what the pharmaceutical industry does. They don't want cures. They want customers. And you know this, which is why you're in the work that you're doing. So if you don't mind, before we before we jump into some awesome, some other amazing stuff from you here, um, tell us just a little bit about how you got into this. Like what what led you to do this? So like I mentioned before, I struggled with acne since I was 10 years old. So from fifth grade and forward, it just got worse and worse. I would get, instead of just, you know, those red bumps that you get, I would get cystic acne, which are nodules. They're the ones that you can't pick or pop. And then it started to move from my face to my chest to my back. And my parents didn't know any better. My parents are, they don't live the same life as I do. So they just did the next best thing. You know, I was struggling with really low self-esteem. I was really insecure in my body. So they took me to the dermatologist. So I was in maybe sixth grade when I got put on Retina-A, which is basically vitamin A on steroids. It's topical. Um, And benzoyl peroxide, for a time, I was taking a really strong antibiotic called doxycycline. So I was also treating the acne from the inside. But I was doing several rounds of all these drugs on and off because there would be times where the insurance didn't cover the products. So I would have to get kind of like the great value version, but I would go months without having these products. And then my skin would break out even worse. So it was just this constant cycle of my skin is clear. I can't afford it. Now I'm breaking out even worse. And that went on for almost 10 years. And then it wasn't until I left high school and then did a gap year and then went to community college where I started talking to more people and And with that, I started exploring nutrition and that's how I found veganism and going plant-based and that didn't work for me. So I was like, there has to be something I'm missing. And then that's how I found Organic Olivia, who's a really great herbalist. And she had documented her whole journey of healing her own acne internally. And that's when I found out about herbalism and parasites and health. And then from there, it just took off and that's, (laughs) that's how I got here. It's incredible. And for the audio only audience, you heard that story about the acne. Go to YouTube. Um, There'll be pictures of her up. Uh, She's got like the clearest skin I've ever seen on anyone on the planet. And you did this all (laughs) with by 86ing all of the stuff that the doctors were trying to do for you. And then you went to the old school ways of going about it with the herbs. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All of it. Oh, and I also forgot to say I was also on antidepressants. I was on Lexapro, too. So a lot of this was also... A mental health journey as well so i'm currently not i'm not relying on any 
um, antidepressants, which I don't judge anyone that is, but it wasn't for me to be reliant on all these medications. So it was very mind, body, spirit to get here. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's always a combination of things, right? There's no one magic pill. It's a, it's a lifestyle adjustment. It's, it's diet, it's mental health, it's physical activity. You know, you've got to also incorporate the herbs, but it's, it's a, it's like an infinity gauntlet of everything you need to do, right? You got to have it all together to make changes. So um, what, what path do you do people usually come to you for specifically? They come to me, the majority of clients I've gotten are usually struggling with PCOS. So that is polycystic ovarian syndrome, I believe is the last one for us. But it's where you can develop cysts on your ovaries, but it is also at its root a insulin resistance issue and a androgen and testosterone issue. So these women have really elevated stress levels. They're constantly on the run. They, on a more like woo-wawa note, they also have very poor boundaries. But because of the, uh, not estrogen, the androgen levels, they're breaking out in acne constantly. So I also, and hormonal issues, how I like to say it, hormonal issues are never hormonal issues. Hormonal issues get to be hormonal issues through gut issues and mental health issues. So they also come to me with digestive issues like constipation, diarrhea, IBS, candida. I see a lot of people who are, it's like you said, it's never just one thing. It's a plethora of things, but I would say I mainly get women who have digestive and hormonal issues. Okay. Do you mind expanding on the digestive issues? So what, how do you know that that's the case? You can tell this by like the acne as well. Yes. So that's the thing about acne too, that I I got to know is that it's not just, if you look up the definition of acne on Google, it just tells you it's an inflammatory skin condition. There's no real mention of why it actually happens. And that's another reason why I got into this because I wanted to know why it was happening and what dermatologists just don't have the education on what holistic medicine does or holistic wellness does is that acne happens because your skin is a detoxification. It's an emunctory organ. So when your other detoxification pathways, like going to the bathroom, your bowels are backed up, it's going to come out through your skin. And I had an ex-boyfriend who was like, so acne is just pooping through your skin. Yes. So anytime I see someone who, yeah, (laughs) anytime I see somebody who's suffering from uh, very severe acne. I can all. That's always a a sign that you're not using bathroom properly. And a lot of people don't know that they're actually constipated either because we're taught, you know, you go once every two days and you're fine, and that's not true. It, you could call them shit face. I mean, it's it's like another <laughs> appropriation for that. Mm-hmm. It's it's so crazy to me. So you know, based on acne. So do they come with you just with acne or just with stomach issues? And then you tell you can tell them about the acne that they have that as well. So. That's a really great question. How I do it is I have to ask them. I have a whole like consultation. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that if the FDA is going to come knocking on my door, but we have a meeting where I ask all these questions and I put all of the puzzle pieces together. So when, you know, when you go to, I don't know if you've ever been to a dermatologist, but when you see a doctor, they're just like, well, take your temperature, take your pulse, you know, how are you? Whatever. Take this. When I sit down with my clients, I'm like, okay, well, what are you eating every day? Do you notice after you eat a certain food, are you rushing to the bathroom? Are you backed up for days? Um, I ask questions like, how are your, because also for women, your menstrual cycle can tell me whether or not you're having gut issues or if you're eliminating properly. So for example, a woman who has really tender breasts uh, the week before or during her period is likely to have estrogen dominance. And estrogen is a hormone that's only released through pooping. So if the woman is not pooping every day or on a consistent basis, all that estrogen is actually being recirculated into the body, therefore causing all this discomfort. So I can tell then, okay, this person, their metabolism is slow because they wouldn't be experiencing this if they were eliminating properly. So it's all a bunch of puzzle pieces that I have to put together. I don't know if I explained that correctly. You did great. That's amazing. (laughs) No, that's an incredible way to put it because it makes so much sense. And I didn't think that I would invite a menstruation type of conversation on the show, but you know what? You made it fascinating somehow. Uh, oh, so, cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, a good on you, right? Uh, so when whenever you look at something like their acne, it, is it always gut stuff or can you tell other things by looking at their face? Like So also like when we went over the face map, uh, the liver is a huge thing too. Also knowing 
So it's different if somebody has super oily skin from an herbalism point of view too. If someone's red in the face and super oily, to me, that means that they have more of a, in an Ayurveda, it's called kapha pitta. So there's an oil excess and there's a heat excess. And this usually means that the liver is really hot too. There's a lot of internal heat. So this person is probably super stressed, very type A, um, they'll have more diarrhea than they will have constipation. Or if they have constipation, it's the hot type. So for me, that tells them that they need cooling herbs or a cooling way of nutrition or lifestyle. Hope wow. I answered that. No, you, you're, you're batting <laughs> a thousand here. Okay. I didn't know this was <laughs> so interesting, but you're making it interesting. It's fascinating oh, cool. to me. Thank you. Thank you. You're so so, so the ancients were back there talking about acne back in the day. I feel like it was less of an issue depending how far back we're going, but definitely. Expand on that. I feel like especially with the way the world is now because of our food and as well as all the pollution and the plastics and endocrine disrupting chemicals and materials that we have, we're a lot more susceptible to being ill and our bodies responding in that way. Whereas I feel like it was a lot easier back in the day to just, you know, have better health because you had more access to living outdoors. You didn't, we weren't exposed to chemicals 24 seven. You had a better sense of community too. You didn't have social media. Also that portion of constantly comparing yourself. It was just a lot. Um, it was a healthier way of living. Yeah, from top to bottom, right? I mean, yeah. and even the social media part, it's a psychological part. I'm glad you put that in there. Again, awesome. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, so what is one of your favorite um, herbs to work with? Like, what's like a go-to for you? I would say the first herb I ever started working with was ginger way back three years ago when I first got into all of this. And I really love ginger because it's known as the universal medicine in Ayurveda, you can pretty much give it to anybody and they're going to see improvement. It's a bit of a warming herb. And I like it especially because I notice that a lot of the people that I work with, they often feel very stagnant or slow in life. And for me as an herbalist, ginger is more of an invigorating herb and the personal profile for it or the personal picture or the indication is that it's great for people who kind of need a kick in the ass to get started on making new goals or just being more present in life. It's a, like, it's a spicy herb. It's something that's going to motivate you to get out of bed. Like I've never met somebody who takes a shot of ginger and is like, let me go back to bed. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is a great point. And I didn't even think about the hot, cool aspect of it. So you, you think about all of this because that motivates change in a specific way. So what are some cooling herbs that you work with to do that? And why would you use them that way? So cooling, I'll, I'll give you marshmallow root marshmallow root is a super cooling it's also a moistening herb so it would be perfect for somebody who is struggling with something like constipation or if they're exhibiting um heat symptoms like super dry skin um scaly skin as well as if there's any blood in the stool um what it is is it's a mucosal it has an affinity for the mucosal membrane. So it does a couple of things. It's super cooling in nature. So it's going to tamp down any internal heat, but it's also going to help heal any of the intestinal membrane that might be torn from like pushing or, you know, from pooping um, as well as it's moistening. So it's going to add fiber and bulk into a person's stool to help them poop too. I really like it because it's also very nutritive and easy to drink and very easy on the palate too, because a lot of herbs are, they don't taste very good. Okay. And marshmallow root, do you, you have a directory of these on your website or on your uh, Instagram where folks can find more information about this? Do you have a resource? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I have a Patreon too. So people are going to be, yeah, I'm going to start posting on that more. So with more of the, the questions that you're asking on What's good for this? Yeah, and and get into some you know specific topics that people really are curious about because I've I've got a ton of questions about this. We grow a little ashwagandha out here. I don't know what the hell to do with it, but my wife started (laughs) growing it, and I was like, yeah, let's do this, you know, because we've we've got it, so why not? Uh, And then there was something else. What do we do? You know, we've got the aloe and stuff like that. We're big fans of that. I left a bunch of dandelions alone. I did not mow them. Tell me a little bit about turmeric specifically, because you hear a lot about it, uh, and I love the hell out of it, and I know just a little bit about what it does, but I'm sure you could blow our minds with it, just like everything else you've been doing. 
Oh, thanks. So I've made a couple of posts about turmeric because that was also another herb that I began uh, this whole journey with. It's a very hot herb. It's a very stimulating herb. And it's known as a cholagog. So what it does is that it stimulates the bile from the gallbladder. Um, so if somebody is really struggling to produce bile, which is your body's natural laxative, if they're constipated, them taking that would be really helpful in aiding with that. Aside from being a cholagog, uh, turmeric is also a, I believe it's bitter in its profile. So it's also going to help stimulate any digestive enzymes to help you break down food for meals, which is really cool. And then it's also touted as anti-inflammatory for its plant constituent called curcumin, which everyone is a huge fan of. Um, it's responsible for so many things. There's so many studies on how it helps with Alzheimer's, dementia, PMS, the list goes on, joint pain, so many things. But for women, turmeric is also really great for being a circulatory stimulant. So if somebody has PCOS or just really late periods, they would be able to make an infusion or a tincture of turmeric and taking that a few days before leading up to their expected period would help circulate any stagnant blood in the reproductive system. I'm trying to think if I'm missing anything else. Oh, another really cool fact is that any herbs that you see uh, that are yellow or orange tell you that they have an affinity for the lower chakras. So no it's yeah, so yellow orange. So it's going to stimulate, you know, the gut, which is the solar plexus, and then the orange, which is sacral, which is your reproductive organs. Okay, so keep going. Is there something for all the chakras? Probably. I don't know too much about it, but I can tell you for a fact, like things like hawthorn berry, which is red, that correlates with the heart. It's really great for people who have um, cardiac issues, but also on a more like woo-woo, wah-wah spiritual type of deal. It's known as a heart opener. So for, it's good for people who are struggling with grief. So all herbs also have that mental component as well. And for turmeric, it's, since it's a weed, it's great for people who are who can be stubborn and do like a lot of hard work as well as it's going to help. <laughs> it's going to help um, do the dirty work. You know, it's going to help those foundational organs like the gut and like the liver that are always working 24 seven to keep your metabolism up. So damn interesting. This is so cool. Okay. So of oh, course I'm, gonna, interesting. The, I'm, I'm telling you, this is fascinating. So should somebody take turmeric every day? Cause that's part of my morning regimen. Is there one vitamin or uh, rather uh, herb or anything that you can consistently take or is recommended to take daily? Yeah. So in herbalism, there are first, second, third, and fourth degree herbs. A fourth degree herb is considered toxic but it is medicinal in small amounts. So something like iris versicolor, which is also a cholagog, it stimulates um, bile, bile movement like turmeric, but since it's so strong, someone should only take like two drops. Whereas turmeric is more first degree, second degree, which means you can use it as a food, which means it's perfectly safe to use on a, per, on a daily basis. But once you start moving towards herbs that are a little bit more rare and exotic, um, and stronger, like black walnut hull, oregano oil, even those things should not be should not be used on an everyday basis. But anything, a good rule of thumb is if you can use it and eat it on a daily basis, or it comes in a spice, feel free to have at it for the most part. Okay, that makes sense because they don't govern the spice. Okay, that's a great point. <laughs> that's an awesome way to look at it. The crazy shit going on in the world right now, right? Um, with all these health issues and things like that, have you seen an uptick in your uh, people reaching out for you for what you're doing? Yes. So I actually really cool. I had a friend reach out to me who contracted. The C word. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like, we should have gone over okay. a, a protocol beforehand because this will get yanked. I got, I got an episode. Yeah. For it. It stupid. Really? Yeah. Max Egan. Oh we God. talked about the mud flood and I was like, what the fuck dude? Oh and yeah. Like, I remember you talking about the mud flood. Medical misinformation. So they pulled that shit. It was oh my dumb. God. Terrible. I was like, we talked yeah. about like 15 things in there. If you just tell me what you mm -hmm. want me to pull out, I will. And they just responded back. Yep. Medical misinformation. The whole episode. You have a strike. I want to pull account. it all out. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> fine. Whatever. So I'm working on a backdoor to YouTube. Anyway, stay yeah, tuned for that. I, I want to watch that. Um, but yeah, so I had a friend who got the C word, which also very funny. And she was very clear in telling me when she started coming, not coming down the, the, the symptoms, but leading up to when she got the test and whatever, she was around mainly people, you know, 
uh-huh. jacked people. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> You're like teenagers. You're um, like, <laughs> humans. I'm like, damn, really humans. Golly. They got it. They got um, it. <laughs> um, she's around mainly Jap people, so interesting point. But anyways, she reached out to me and was like, I don't know if people or if the hospital will even see me because I don't have the jab and I just don't want to go to the hospital. And her main issue was that she had been having diarrhea and then for three days she could not have a bowel movement. And what a lot of people don't realize is that GI symptoms are usually the first to show up for something like huh? because everything. That's for okay. this keyboard. Do you want me to put um, like a horn sound there or something? Yeah. Okay, I'll do that for you. Um, uh, for something like uh, the C word, because right. yeah. yeah, because it is all interconnected. So she could not go, and when she was going, she was actually passing blood. So she was straining so hard, and she reached out to me. I made her an infusion, gave her a bunch of vitamins and minerals, among which were beef liver which i'm a really big fan of and the day she took the infusion after she finished the first glass she had a perfectly fine bowel movement damn like your shit four. works quick <laughs> yeah four on the bristol scale yeah yeah and she had tried the gnc herbs she tried a colon cleanse she tried to drink prune juice she tried to drink fruit juice nothing was working Good Lord. so i was the last resort so, well, I would say anything. That dam was going to break either way, right? With all that stuff <laughs> piled on top of it. Good. Yeah. Uh, again, uh, this, I think you win for show, um, the guest that's talked about poop the most on the show. But it's all <laughs> been interesting. So that's fine. So uh, what do you think is the most important thing for your physicality, for your well-being? My gut answer is the gut. I love it. But also, it really, it really does start in your mind. I feel like uh, there's a lot of people who eat perfectly. They are, you know, gluten-free, glyphosate-free, but they still don't see any progress because up here and in here, they're stuck for some reason. Yeah. What grounds you? What grounds me is going outside. I love putting my feet in the ground. I love spending time with my family. And a lot of, at least as of lately, it's been reaching out to people and being vulnerable when I am having trouble. And I've noticed that a lot of people who don't see the progress that they want to see is the most emotionally constipated people. Mm. It'll be the people where I'm like, hey, how are you doing with your protocol? They're just like, I'm fine. But a few more questions and I find out pretty much everything's on fire. And I'm like, obviously it's not fine. <laughs> emotionally constipated by the way i i i might title this episode that because that's brilliant again uh, the, <laughs> the shit references keep coming up but you're really good at them so uh we'll take it you know it's 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 um tasteful so that's that's good uh okay well whenever people talk about um the phones and things like that do you think that there's anything to being in too close of proximity to like blue light or uh anything to that Oh, absolutely. I don't personally know the science behind it, but that's a, that's the thing with my practice. Sometimes I just know stuff and I'm like, I'm not going to do it because again, going back to the ancients, going back to our ancestors, they were not around this, this much wife. They didn't have Wi-Fi. They didn't have all of these issues and they were having babies. Like it was nothing back then by the twenties. Nowadays, infertility rates are going up and you see more and more of these cell towers going up. You see more and more people attach their devices, putting them in their pants. There has to be some type of link. Yeah, for sure. There's a guy named Arthur Furstenberg that wrote a book called The Invisible Rainbow. And you should definitely check that out. It's pretty heady. There's a lot of like science and math and shit in it, but it's really, really good. And it talks about this idea that pandemics... uh, kick off whenever new technologies are rolled out so it really correlates to it it's a fascinating read because it goes right down the list and if you want to talk about what's going on here then something happened over there in october of 2019 in a specific area where they say this also happened and that's when 5g kicked on over there is what they say so anyway it's pretty interesting and i find those things really really cool so uh let's talk about parasites real quick because i've heard of this i've I've heard that uh a lot of people are showing horrible pictures and videos of disgusting things coming out of their body (laughs) and uh so i now know that you're my go-to for anything of that sort so what do you got 
So I've actually had parasites come out of me. I've posted pictures on my Instagram stories. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, parasites are very, very common. And anyone that is watching right now, if you want to get into uh, maybe some literature surrounding parasites, I would recommend Guess What Came to Dinner by Anne Louise Gittleman, Dr. Anne Louise Gittleman. It's a really good way. Uh, she, a really good way to break into it. She provides common signs and symptoms of parasites, how you can track them. And they're very, very common. That's the thing. You can get them from standing in soil, from standing in sand, from your fruits and vegetables. If you don't wash them from meat, of course, that's the most popular one. Um, and everyone has them too. If you have a pulse, you have parasites. Yeah. Damn. Okay. Uh, gross, but fascinating. So what do you do for parasites? <laughs> So for parasites, there's a lot of controversy around this. And I know when I first started, I had the mindset of never eat sugar, never eat bread ever again, and then you'll be fine. Like, but that's not, it's not the real realistic, right? No, yeah. it's a band-aid solution in the end. Definitely be mindful of what you're eating. But I personally think after more studying and more client work and from my own observations, the real root cause or the real way to solve that is to build your natural immunity don't be scared of germs make sure you take care of your metabolism because if you have a healthy metabolism if you're constantly you know pooping if you're moving if you're eliminating properly you're gonna have you're gonna create a less hospitable environment for parasites and these pathogens because kind of like how you said before when you were mentioning nature um, one of my favorite things to say is that nature mimics the patterns of disease. So if you think of things like a bathroom that gets mold because it has no windows, your body is the same way. So in herbalism, the perfect state or the perfect tissue state or habitat for a pathogen like parasites or candida to survive is a damp one. So if there's no dryness here, if things are just stagnating, if you're eating and you're not um, having that gastric emptying and pooping and all of that, and you're eating damp foods like vegetable oils and dairy, processed dairy and all of that, you are going to create a habitat for parasites. They're going to have a great time. But if you keep a dry or more of like a homeostasis, if, you're, um, if your tissue states, if your gut is a, because it's a hot organ, you need heat in order to digest, your chances of developing parasites are going to go way down. It's as above, so below, you know, because this spiritual concept also of negative entity attachment and things like that have to do with a, a hostile environment you know on your on your energy and everything so there's a physical component to this as well i love that 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 dipped right the hell into the awesomeness of that you've got to maintain homeostasis with your spirit to not to create a hostile living environment for parasites so they don't want to be there that's brilliant nice job absolutely <laughs> absolutely and it's so funny that you say that too because i'm working on an article for pcos and a, a study that i found said that trauma survivors people who have gone through any type of trauma are three times more likely to develop ibs fibromyalgia and eating disorders and all of these your immune system is tanked you're just generally a lot weaker so you're going to be more susceptible to things like parasites or to issues like pcos and all these diseases and it starts in a spiritual way because that's what trauma is essentially a spiritual experience too Absolutely. And I heard a doctor speak about the sea thing, and she said that one idea might be acidic environment. Uh, she was talking about the human body, and she was talking about acidity versus alkalinity. So she said that whenever you hear somebody like a 98-year-old man died of the sea thing, um, or rather, no, 98 man got it, survived just fine, smoked, drank every day of his life. A 28-year-old nurse gets it, and then dies. So one of the things that the, the doctor was asking in the study was, is that what if the acidity in the nurse's body, like nobody asked the questions, well, was she just going through a divorce? Was she paying off that hundreds of thousands of dollars in student loan debt? Did her dad just pass away for natural causes, whatever? You don't know what the environment was with her, what her state was, what her flow was in all angles, because all of it's important. It's, it's what you eat. But also it's what you feed with your attention and what you are going through in life, the state that you're in. So that's where the dis-ease of this comes in. So, I mean, the, the interesting part about all this to me, too, is that a lot of it's psychosemantic. You know, a lot of it's just got to do with your mind. A lot of it you can just make up or like we talked about placebo effects with um, 
Dr. Rubenstein, but it it's interesting to me. So what do you think, you know, is going on with this thing? Because this, do you think that there's anything to that, that maybe it's just the person's disposition has a lot to do with the survivability of pretty much damn near anything, right? Oh, of course. I think that, so using that example with, let's say an older man who smokes and drinks, you have to also ask, does he have a good support system? Does he have family that he sees on a daily basis? And also I found that older generations have a great more resiliency to stress or stressful events. So like with that example, was she going through a divorce, whatever, she probably might not have like the best environment of friends. We don't know. But um, I definitely think there's some truth to that. I think that there's, it's all different because it's so there's so much going on in health. There's so many moving pieces, but for sure, a mental part has a huge part to go, has a huge part to play in it because you can also see it. I think that also speaks volumes for the people who have been going out and living their lives and haven't had anything happen to them. They're also not living in fear. They're not in that mental space, that internal space, as opposed to, I know people who are wearing masks outside who, who got Veed and who are doing all things right, but they're constantly scared who still got the virus. Yes. I, I, I have this as a theory as well. If you're so scared of something constantly, it happens to you, right? People that are scared that they're going to get in a wreck all the time, they wreck way more than anybody I've ever met. And it's dumb shit too, like little stuff, you know, nothing threatening, but enough to terrify them and to make it a self-fulfilling prophecy. Like, see, I knew it. I knew this was going to happen. But the same thing can be true about the other way. You can know that you're just fine and that that shit out there doesn't affect you and that it doesn't have to. So um, it it just seems like mentally there's a lot that goes into it as well. I do find that that's got to be a strong part of this. It it has to be uh, because, like I said, your your disposition. I mean, your the way you're vibrating that changes you physiologically. Now herbs help in all of this stuff, and and I think that there's a strong validity to it as well. I think that it's very very important, and I think that's something that's been working for thousands of years with no you know, agenda, like no, no shamans, you know, got something up his sleeve to trick you, you know, he's, he's in it to help you out. Right. Um, so that's just how I feel about the whole damn thing. So what, let's get a little woo woo, right? Do you want to do that? You want to have some fun yeah. with it? Let's okay. get woo woo Come on. I like that. Okay. So, uh, what, what the hell do you think's going on here? What do you, what do you think this is all about? Oh, with just everything, the whole damn thing. I wish I could tell you. I feel like a lot of it is money because I've been seeing those articles coming out about how much has been making since making the V's. I think that at the end of the day, it is a huge money grab, but I personally also think it's about freedom. And uh, I'm not trying to be like a QAnon freak right now, but it's true. I, I've spoken to some people who I actually spoke to my friend's grandfather who escaped socialism and everything that he was talking about, about how they do things little by little to take away from what you're allowed to do. And I mean, look at Australia, you know, I, I think that it's a huge, it's a power grab and it's a money grab um, as well as I think it's extremely divisive on a, on a mental and spiritual level, I, you see family separating for their differing opinions. You see people starting fights, attacking others in public and Bath and Body Works. I don't know if you've ever seen that video. No, this, girl, this lady got her ass beat because she didn't, I don't think because she wasn't wearing a mask, but it's that serious. And I feel like someone or some people out there are just like sitting back, just watching like, could not agree more. This is my, this is what resonates with me as well, that it's very deliberate. There's something going on. The divide and conquer tactic is working very well as the heat's getting turned up on the analogy that, you know, the uh, frog in the boiling water, right? If it'll die if you just turn it up slow. And yeah, that is how these, these types of things take over. I've got a spiritual feeling that it's all going to work out. I think we're going to be fine. I really yeah. do. Yeah. I feel like we're winning. I feel like it's the last ditch effort of a dying beast. And I think that it's it's done and it's over. There's a lot of astro- uh, astrological things going on right now as well at this time, like uh, mirrors like the French Revolution and all kinds of crazy shit. But I think people are over it. I think this mass awakening has been fueled by the lizard people that have been running the world forever uh, or in known history, right? I don't think it's always been like this. But uh, the, And we're just over it. We're over trading our time for money. We're over uh, somebody else you know, being a piece of shit to us because we have a boss that says we have to do that. Uh, it's, 
it's an interesting uh, psychology, I think, that's changed with this mass awakening. I think that's what it was all about. And what's ironic about it was, is it was the regime that just pushed people too far. If they'd have just left well enough alone and kept the power that they had and not been greedy, uh, they probably would have been fine. And this model would have gone on for quite a while. But I think the ramping up uh, has kicked this into overdrive. And I think that uh, that's it. I think it's, it's over. Well, that makes me feel better because I feel like I talked to a lot of people who are like, it's never ending, man. Better get ready, which, you know, of course, stay ready so you don't have to get ready. I believe in that. But it's always better. I feel it makes me feel happier, of course, to, to hear people say, I think everything's going to be fine. Because I yeah. think especially now people are so used to catastrophizing and especially even people who I know who were not originally political or they didn't watch the news, they're always dialed in now with something new. Just a lot of people feel really hopeless and helpless. So hearing this makes me feel happy. Yeah. And I mean, and if it is a march towards totalitarianism, we're not there yet. And so it's important to kind of keep keep the now in mind, you know, tend the garden that you got. That's all you can do. Now, if they come, come knocking, uh, it's going to be problems, but uh, we're not there yet. And we know too much to let that happen. I think, I think that this, uh, that everything that's going on, like I said, it's a, it's the death throes. It's like a dragon falling off a cliff that somehow has a bunch of spears and he's throwing the spears up as he's falling off the cliff, you know, and we're just kind of like, Oh, 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 it's, oh, oh, okay. We got it. And so it's not really like that threatening, you know what I'm saying? That's how I view it. And it is, and I could be totally wrong, right? I mean, who knows? But oh. <laughs> if, if I'm saying, you know, what resonates with me, then it's that. And I'm a, I'm a very conspiratorial minded person. Like I, I really, really go deep down the rabbit holes of that stuff. And I did Paul Revere this for a long time. I had to wake everybody up and I was, ah, you know, you gotta, you gotta watch this video, you know, it's, uh, but I don't do that anymore. I'm a lighthouse, so if you want to come find it, it's it's here, uh, waiting on you. That's but a I'm good gonna, analogy. I'm not going to push it on your throat, you know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what do you think spiritually is going on here? Do you what do you think the human experience is all about? I feel like I can only speak for myself. I think a lot of it has been releasing control, and from what I've noticed, that's what's happening with a lot of people who are a little bit more on the same page as I am, because. Like you said, you want to Paul Revere. You want to wake people up. You want to snatch the bad decisions right out of people's hands. But you have to take that step back and tell, like, tell yourself, listen, you know, you're not the boss of anyone except for yourself. So in a teaching way, or I guess in a teaching moment type of like finding um, the bright light in all this, I don't know the meaning. I think a lot of it for, <laughs> I think a lot of it for myself has been realizing that I can only control what I'm doing and I have to let people make the decisions that they want to make, even if I feel like I know best. Yeah, it's kind of like a, the most altruistic mind your business in the world. Like you're just going <laughs> to yeah. keep to your shit, right? And it's no big deal, but just like you you do yours, you do you, I'll do me, right? And so I'm, I'm with you on this, but I think that this is a very personalized experience as well. And I'm, I'm a hundred percent. I like the way that you put it, that it feels bad that you can't wake everybody up. The bigger part to that as well. And just the reason that I had to change and stop doing that because it wasn't good for me. So it was really toxic for me. It was like heavy. And I was like, ah, you know, and that's why when we talk about this stuff, I'll, I'll rattle it off. You know, I can tell you a bunch of really interesting ways that the corrupt government of cronies it's really just an organized crime syndicate running everything um has fucked everybody over and lies to them constantly the only thing that does for me and probably like you as well because i i completely agree tend the garden you got all you can do is what you can do right so if you take that on from those lizard people then you're welcome to do that and experience that but you don't have to but that's the point you know that's the way we can talk about it which is amazing so um what from your then your perspective is um your mission here <laughs> that's a loaded like question there i feel like i don't know <laughs> okay yeah you haven't figured it out yet that's there's nothing wrong with that you're very young it's okay <laughs> i mean um so yes, before, like I was uh, saying, before we were on the air here, audience, we were doing the sheesh and all that good stuff. And <laughs> she was reminding me, th- thankfully, that that is still uh, a thing. So um, then what do you think happens after we die? After we die? Mm-hmm. Oh my God. 
I wish I could tell you. I've I've gone through so I think last year I probably would have told you that we kind of like you you said in the beginning we go to source and if you didn't learn your lesson you come back and then as of the last two months I don't know what I think in terms of spirituality I've been I don't know if you've ever had or were raised like Christian I've been looking into that I don't know I don't know because there's so many other perspectives and somehow they're all right and wrong at the same time I, that's I think, where I <laughs> I think that's true. I, I really do think on a deep cosmic, we live in a simulation kind of level that those, you're absolutely right. Whatever you believe in is true. It's a very true thing that you really do experience. So I'm right there with you. So how were you raised? If you don't mind me asking. No, you're good. Um, I was raised Catholic. So I went to Catholic school, even from, from primary school up until high school. I was always in Catholic school. I always went to mass. I was an altar server. So I grew up with, you know, there's heaven and hell, don't kill yourself because Bob will be mad type of deal. Hmm. So now you're going to check out the Yeezus? <laughs> yeah, because I don't, I don't know. I don't, I really don't know. Like I was super into, um, I mean, I still am like, I, I enjoy astrology and crystal. I have nothing against it. And I'm still trying to figure out what feels best to me. And I just don't know what that is yet. Yeah. And what feels best to you might be a little bit of all of it, just like a herbal concoction that you make where you just pull from a little bit of all of it and put it all in together. I know. But the only thing is, especially with, for me personally, I don't know if anyone listening also feels this way, but exploring Christianity, you kind of are, I, I felt like I get this message of, no, it has to be this way you cannot take it can only be this way so that's the only thing that kind of scares me about it that you have to be full-on devout it has to be done this specific way and only is this way that god is going to be happy and it, it makes me nervous but do you feel that that's true that god I will don't... love you any less if you um go into something a belief system where you resonate with some of it but maybe not with other parts you think that he would be as harsh on you as your human mind would be That's a good question. Probably not. I would, I per, I would hope not. I would hope he's not like up there being like gross just because like, I like a rock or two. Yeah. And I've said this for a long time. I mean, the, the God that I love and what I can imagine is incredible. And the God of a lot of faiths, and especially that one, again, because I was raised Christian. So I, I have a perspective on this, um, is very limiting and it is very limiting. And the, the more that you look into the Bible and look at what's actually in there, I did a whole thing on Tinful Head about this not too long ago. It's, it's crazy, the discrepancies. And I was raised that the Bible is the one book that never contradicts itself. There's, I'm not shitting on anyone's belief system here. It doesn't resonate with me the same way that it does for them. And that's fine. My mom, uh, dad, super, super Christian, absolutely adore these people. They're wonderful people. We just have a difference of opinion about that. Now, whenever we talk about uh, God being, you know, petty in that way is how it makes me feel. If I can identify that as petty, that's not good. We're talking ultimate deity. He's supposed to be way above all it, he or she or whatever is supposed to be way above all of us. There's supposed to be no, nothing close to what we can fathom about the plan and all that stuff. And so to be that shitty and judgmental when it's, when it's obviously just stupid, maybe perhaps it's just things that a bunch of people wrote down a long time ago. And even other things that were written down at the same time about the same people were like, conflicting messages and they actually set you free, you know, a lot more than the controlling ideology that was installed. They threw those out. And so it's, it's weird how it's been, you know, tainted. And I guess everything's been tainted, but this is what's interesting about spirituality to me is that it's what resonates with you. You, you're not being told what you're experiencing. You're being told, Hey, what do you feel? You know, what, what resonates with you? How, how does this make you feel? If you want to wear this uh, really cool colored rock necklace, it's going to be awesome. You know, and it'll make you feel better then why the fuck wouldn't you do that right i mean mm -hmm. there's there's something so medical to the placebo element to all of this stuff if you feel better you know carrying a rock around in your pocket like and it makes your day better it makes you interact with people in a more warm and loving way why the fuck wouldn't you do that you know and the same thing goes with christianity like if you're wearing a cross that's fine but then if you're you know waiting for god to come back so that he can murder all of these people that don't think <laughs> the same way that you do 
it's it's like uh, it's like that part right it's like damn it dude you had me you know the no murder things in there i i like that let's you know we don't need that um but then he turns around and murders like 2.4 million people in the bible anyway I don't think we'll ever figure that out. But like I said, it's just what resonates with you, you know? Um, so I tell you what, uh, there, let's cap it, you know? I had a long, stupid rant and, um, you know, you were wonderful. So did you have anything else that you wanted to tell the audience about before we wrap? Well, number one, that was really funny. Like picturing God coming down like a, a game of Mortal Kombat. Yeah. It's hilarious. Yeah. Um, but anything to tell the audience? Um Put your health first because that's all you have. Talk to a lot of people that they only wish that they had started sooner and trust yourself because I think a lot of people, they look at these doctors and in my field, dermatologists and gynecologists as these superior, almost gods, like their word is bond. But a lot of people intuitively know what's going on in their body. Um, so don't let somebody who has a piece of paper or even someone like me, just because I have a couple of Instagram followers, if what I say doesn't make sense to you or you feel like there's something going on in your body, you're trying to get to the root cause of it, explore that, lean into that and don't be scared of it because all you can find is answers and from there you can only go up. I would add to that another resource, reach out to Catalina. I am going to be linking all of the ways to find her down in the show notes. You are an absolute delight. This was Soul Tribe Shed, dude. You are welcome back anytime. So um, thank you so much for your time. I really do appreciate you. I'm truly grateful. Of course. Thank you for inviting me. This is so much fun. I stopped sweating. It was awesome. <laughs> you did great. You're, I'm telling you, you're an absolute delight. You're so wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you. You're very wonderful yourself, Mr. Brandon. How cool is she? Catalina, she's amazing. Uh, go check the show notes, guys, uh, for all the ways to find her. What an absolute treasure. I mean, absolute treasure. So, okay, go go down the show notes, uh, check out her Instagram, uh, take a look at some of that parasite stuff. Um, hopefully this has inspired you guys to at least grow a couple little herbs or something like that and reach out to her, guys. On her Patreon, she's doing some amazing stuff over there. And then she just is an incredible resource and she's a sweetheart. So just reach out. She'll totally answer your questions and help you out in any way she can. She's great. So uh, as for this show, guys, uh, you can find us at expandingrealitypodcast.com. That is where links to all socials, Rockfin, merchandise, all that good stuff is out there. Also linked in the show notes, this music that you're hearing is by a good friend of mine, Vinny the Saint. He's got some new stuff that he's working on, and he's always moving forward. Very, very grateful, Vinny. His uh, music just got picked up in a documentary. So cool. Uh, So he's doing it, and we're very, very proud of him and grateful that he lets us use his music on the show. So um, go out into this beautiful world this week, guys, and uh, pick up a piece of litter. Of course, um, be nice to everybody that you come across, animal, entity, lizard person. You might as well turn the other cheek with those guys. They're, you know, just trying to get by. So uh, go get out of the left-hand lane, of course. Uh, buy somebody a coffee or a meal in line behind you or near you. It doesn't have to be directly. In- you, you understand what I'm saying. It, the ripple effects make your day a lot better, make everyone's life better. Just try it out. It, it's a game changer, guys. So above anything else and all ever, go out into this beautiful place, whatever the hell this thing is, and y'all just be good to one another. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time.